Good evening, everybody. It's Saturday, November 6th, 7.31 p.m. I hope y'all are having a good week. I know I have been having a good week. Been really busy. Um, just thought I would check in. It was, I was spurred into act, spurred, spurred into action after watching a very expensive stinker bobinker of a film. The new, the new, uh, the new Princess Diana movie, Spencer. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, it's like what I have. It's the thing that makes it a stinker bobinker is a thing that a lot of current film has a problem with, in my opinion, is like just lacking cinematic value. It, it's a movie that wants to be a film, desperately wants to be a film. Um, it was directed by Pablo Larraín. I hope I'm pronouncing that whatever correctly. Um, he did the Jackie O movie that had... Um, Get the name of the actress, but it had a young actress. Oh, Natalie Portman as Jackie O. Um, which that that one I think I I liked better. This one had Kristen Stewart as uh, Princess Diana, and I mean maybe it was maybe I saw what the movie was trying to convey that Princess Diana was a vapid person with very little internal life who was regimented by her, her wardrobe schedule. Um, because that's basically what it was. That's basically what it was. Um, and it takes place on one of the, one of the Royal properties at Christmas time over the weekend so it's like over the course of three days and, um, you know, she and Prince Charles are barely speaking to each other and she's so upset about Camilla, but I mean, the timeline does not track because they're, they're 10 years into their marriage. She is beyond giving a fuck. And actually when, when she, the time period when she was supposed to be in this moment, um, she was having an affair with an with an art dealer. I believe his name was Oliver Hare. Hare, H O A R E. Um, he was quite a bit older than her. He was older than Prince Charles by about three years. He was like sixteen years older. Um, and she had had many of her own affairs. And I'm not saying that having an affair will make you happy, but it's a bit maudlin and clownish to give a fuck about your husband's mistress after 10 years in your marriage that you've known about it. Like there was a really gauche, overly sentimental moment. Like where I don't think that she would have even fixated on that in real life. I didn't know her granted. Um, but my peril, my parasocial relationship with her has gone on a bit longer than other people because I'm old. <laughs> and I saw her wedding on TV, 
when I was four, so a lot of people didn't. And through osmosis, I absorbed just a tiny bit more of Diana. So that makes me an expert, LOL. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm absolutely not an expert on that, but I just have a deeper parasocial relationship. Um, as do, I'm sure, many more people have even more of one than I do with her. Um, but that said, I, I thought the movie was really fucking stupid. Um, it was a pretty film. Um, it relied heavily on the set and the costumes, um, which there was, I would, I would say floundering accuracy in the timeline of the costumes and her hair, 10 years in her marriage, her hair was not the length that it was in the movie. It was shorter. Um, but anyway, I'm just a lowly consumer when I'm in that theater. So I know there's a lot of people that love her. Um, but yeah, it was a, a film that completely lacked mirth and joy yeah I felt and and she it showed you know what a sad woman or it showed Diana's most sad moments you know where she was being self-destructive um but also she didn't come across as a sympathetic character at all to me so I tended to side with the royal family the other people in the royal family, which I generally don't. Anyway, I just had to get on here and commence. Uh, I am really interested in parasocial relationships because I am on social media a lot. And it's for my for my business. Um, I don't really put much time into my personal social media or whatever. But for the shop, I have to. And... People just act really over-familiar or, you know, I've complained about the boundaries before. Um, and and also, like, kind of, there's people, like, that you don't really know, but you feel, like, an affinity for them. Like, um, you know, you just, you feel like you're seeing their photos that you kind of have a gist of who they are or something, but... That is what a, that's what exists in the realm of parasocial relationships. Um, and why sometimes people will act as if they, that's, that's what happens in the realm of celebrity on a much, you know, larger scale. Um, you kind of feel like you know them on some level um, because they've touched your heart in some way or they've caused you to have a reaction so I've, I'm just interested in that right now. That's something that intrigues me. So I do, I do know my own, you know, sense of, of ownership of like, I've known Diana longer because I saw her wedding and you weren't even born yet, you know, um, as an example, like that would be my, my per my personal parasocial relationship with, with Diana. Um, 
And I remember where I was when she died. I was living in a warehouse type. It was like a, actually a formerly a clothing store in Houston. It was really hot. We had no air conditioner. It was like 105 degrees in there. And I was sitting around just mending or painting or something like that up on the third floor and got the news and I was really stunned. I didn't believe that she was dead. I just couldn't believe it. I was really hoping that she would pull through. I really did. I just, I could not believe that she was dead. It just, it really seemed like someone pulled the plug out. I didn't cry or anything, but I, I definitely felt the loss. Anyway, enough about her. I hope, I hope that she is resting peacefully. She deserves to be. The movie was, was hideous. It was a, it was just a tedious shit gumbo. Um, I don't even know if it'd be worth it for the costumes, frankly. Um, it takes place at Sandringham Palace, if I'm not mistaken. Um, things in the neighborhood have gotten real bad. Heroin is just off the charts. There's a lot of people using lots of shitting. Um, the vaccination station is still happening in the parking lot. That was supposed to be gone by June, but, you know, with the pandemic and everything, you know, that's changed. Um, this morning was around 6 a.m. and I was walking to the BART to go to the rag bins. And there was already somebody having a complete and total meltdown in front of the McDonald's. And they were actually in the middle of the street. They had progressed in the middle of the street and people were just, I think I had just kind of walked into like the aftermath of it. People were just kind of stopping and watching and as I was crossing the street onto the curb, like where the buses are, like on 24th, um, a city worker, the Samoan guy, he looked at me and when we made eye contact, he said, be careful, be careful. I said, oh, okay. And I thought that was really sweet. I thought that was very kind of him to notice, you know, the situation and pass on the knowledge. It was really, I don't know, it was touching. And I was careful um, because then when I get, when I get to Oakland, it's still dark and I have to walk like six blocks to get to the bins. Um, and I usually walk in the middle of the street and I, I took extra care this time. But I'm telling you what, guys, San Francisco, where I'm at right now, Right near, not right near Twenty Fourth Street in Mission. It's like a, it's as sketchy as West Oakland right now. Uh, yesterday, I was walking to the post office, which is you know like a block over from my house. And yeah, five, five people were losing their shit. I counted from my alley to the corner where Cap Street is. So basically, boop the elbow. 
not even half a block, five people just freaking out. One lady followed me for a while, cussing at me. I don't know. I think I had set set off some of her schizoid radars or something, which happens sometimes. Um, I have had, I have been targeted by schizophrenic people before. Um, I don't know why. If not me, it would be somebody else. But yeah, it's, it's gnarly. Like I had to be on my guard and like, listen to what's going on in the alley. Because sometimes it's just not safe to go outside. If I'm inside and I hear somebody like beating a woman or just flipping the fuck out, I have to wait until they've left the alley. I've got to look outside and see so I can, you know, go buy my steak or get toilet paper or whatever I need to get. I want to leave the city. I've really making a conscious effort to switch gears and just completely change my trajectory in my life, which I'm participating with the universe in in this manifestation. Um, and I encourage anyone who has been praying for a change in their life to like just grab those handlebars and steer your life direction in any way that you can, even if you don't feel empowered right now, just change your routine, do something different. Gotta be an active participant in changing your life because it's the only way. It's literally the only way. Um, Because otherwise each day will just become the same and the monotony of the isolation of this pandemic and the loneliness has been fucking awful. Um, I've enjoyed, I've really enjoyed my alone time and I love being left alone to do my work. And I'm also like, I don't want to, you know, go dance to cats and boots all night. Um, but man, it's had, a, it's really, it's kind of taken a toll on me and I've really had to make the effort, you know. So I am writing a book right now. Hopefully we'll have it done within the next six months. And even if I get rejected and nobody wants to publish my book, I want to just go through the process and just get it out there. And then if it is a success, I'll write another book and I'll just keep writing books. And see where that takes me. I'm ready for whatever it is. Get my heart broken. Feel the ecstatic joy of success. Go somewhere. Be around different people. Find a new batch of people to observe across the room and make fun of silently. (laughs) I want to see what it's like, you know, (laughs) across the uh, pond um, in that respect. Um, Yeah, being a misanthrope is kind of a movable feast in that regard. But uh, 
yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. And it really is helping me get out of the intense loneliness I feel every fucking day. So I can just write a little bit on my novel. And then every time I work on it, I get a new idea. And then I'm like, I get really excited about that idea in the plot. And I'm like, okay, well, then you got to write into that part so you can write the part that you want to write. So just get, you know, connect the dots so you can get to your fun part that you want to write and then go to the next one. So it's exciting and I'm, I'm very excited about finishing it and presenting it. But yeah, the loneliness has been very intense I don't know, honestly, if I didn't have the novel to to write, I think I would just cry all the time. And, oh, God. Just really glad I have it, because, like, on, on Thursday, I was getting up, and I was doing all my stuff and I just got this wave of loneliness, just aloneness, like deep aloneness that, that I, just, I just had to just cry and I just, I sobbed for a while and I just... It was like every, you know, just it felt like everything was just the, the same, like monotony over and over. Um, it's like you have, you have, you have this day that you have to, you have to get to the next day. So just figure it out um god sometimes I just want a fucking hug just just like a hug I know it's not gonna be like this forever though and Obviously, you know, like, I don't want, like, a sympathy hug. You know, like, I'm going to give you a hug because you're a lonely person. (laughs) But you know what I mean. We all go through, we all go through difficult stuff. And I've, I've got it pretty easy in the scheme of things. But it does feel really good to say I want a hug sometimes, you know. I just want a fucking hug. I want to meet someone really cool. That would be great to hug them too. I will someday. As I shift my trajectory, it will it will come to pass. Been waking up super early still, 5 a.m. In bed by 10. Feels really good. It's been helping me set some boundaries with my business. Because if you write me like at 11 p.m., I'm asleep. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, I'm not here to 
you know, be that extra available for something. It feels really good. Just it's a natural boundary because by 10, I am just exhausted and I am fully asleep. So that feels really good. Um, I've been having friends over for wine and cheese. Um, like once a week, I try to get everyone in rotation. Like I had April over on Monday and it was really great catching up with her. And then the week before, like last week, I had Paulina and Irina over at the same time. And then the week before that, I had Rob over. Um, so that's been, that's nice. I have a little spread that I put out and it's fun. It's fun to have my friends that are still in the city here. Oh, and I had Lori over for coffee, uh, I guess, uh, last Friday. So yeah, I have to remember, you know, I do have friends and, and, uh, there's still a few of us left here. Um, there's a lot to look forward to and if any of you guys are going through a really tough time or or just like not having that good of a day it doesn't have to be like a really tough time if you're just having one of those weird off days I encourage you to just figure something out where you can look forward to it like make a little plan you know, it doesn't have to be a big, it doesn't have to be a big plan. Like I'm going to climb Mount Everest or something like that, but just a little plan. Like, you know, at six 30, I'm going to take a 10 minute break and I'm going to take a little walk or I'm going to clean my window sills and that'll feel really good because they're dusty and it'll look so much better. Something little like that some little thing and then build it you know and don't give up I know there's probably someone out there is listening who can relate to this and there's other people who are like I wish I was lonely I'm surrounded by people all day long Ugh, relationships not all it's cracked up to be girl Uh, enjoy it while it lasts. (laughs) Oh, it's lasted. It's lasted. Trust me. I guess they say the grass is always greener. But anyway, I'm just checking in. The Spencer movie, seriously, I was so excited about going to see it. But it's, it's a skippable event. Definitely wait till it comes to the small screen if it hasn't already. Um, Dune, however, loved it. I saw it twice in the theater. And I would watch it again, actually. The costumes were chef's kiss, brilliant. There were... The acting, I thought, was was very much on point. Um, there were... There, it was... More far more watchable than David Lynch's, even though I love the costumes. I love the Bob Ringwood costumes and, and David Lynch's. But this this one is just 
the story is is uh far more enjoyable anyway i am going to heat up some leftovers and get back to work on my novel thanks for listening have a lovely evening talk to you when i'm able take care bye-bye